Amar of Achav Reb Chanina. Golivir Dulafnei Mishamar Vahaya Elam Sheim Bedayr Shiremeir Kameisei. It's it's like open and in front of everybody. Just like we know who the Creator is, we know about this this concept that what that there's nobody in our generation like Rameir. So then the question is, if, if Rameir is so great, why didn't we establish the halacha like him? If Rameir is one of the greatest of our generation, that means whatever he says should be halacha. Like we have, like Rabbi Akiva, we say is the halacha is like him. Beis Hillel, the halacha is like him. So why don't we say the same thing with Rameir? Because his friends, meaning his contemporaries, were not able. He was such a smart person that nobody was able to figure out what he what he actually meant. What does that mean? That he was able to find uh, find everything. Something is tame that it's tar. If, if somebody comes, if, if all the rabbis said something was tame, he was able to say it's tar and give reasons for it. If somebody was able to say something is tar. Uh, right. uh, Tame, he would he would say that's tired and would find find reasons for it. So that's why he was so great, and we never get to the bottom of it. So since we would never get to the bottom of it, he would basically he would you would you would bring him a situation. He would okay look at the situation. Okay, you say there is these reasons that it's tar, and there are these reasons that it's tummy. And now what? What do I do with that? Which one? Which one is it? Right, sure. So what is it? What does it mean? Yeah. So how? So what's it called again? What does it mean that he? So it means he wasn't able to. Uh, he was, we weren't able to get to the get get to get to get to the bottom of it. Well, you know, and, it's often like that. Um, you know, Rabbi Broid in, from uh, Toko Hills. Yeah. When he when he does a class stuff, he lays stuff out like that too. Like he'll lay out reasons for both, and he won't give a definitive that we hold, or maybe that we hold by this because. However, there's this, this, and this, you know, there's, is that what he, like... So, yeah, so therefore, when you go to a class from Rabbi Broid, you wouldn't be able to actually say, if he, if he would give you a class on Hilcha Shabbos, whatever you would walk out, you wouldn't be able to say, okay, this is what I'm going to start doing. Right. Yeah. The same thing with Rameir. If you went to a class with Rameir, you wouldn't be able to come out and say, okay, this is what, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so... Yeah. So uh, once a call again. So that. So so that's why it says the word mayor. So now we're gonna say tunnel later mayor shemay, elor miisha shemay. The what's it called? Don't say that his name is Rameir. Say his name is miisha. But lama So his real name when he when he was given I guess at his bris was miisha. But lama nikr Why was his name called Rameir? Shahayameir eni chacham ba'alacha because he lit up the face of the chacham and alacha because he was able to bring out all these insights and all these different deferring opinions. So it like it, it, it helped the chachamim open up their minds, so to speak, to be able to actually get to the bottom of it. Rameir himself they couldn't get to the bottom, but with that they were it helped them to get to the bottom of it. So then now now it says and his name wasn't Rabnaray, but his name was Rabnachem. So now it's a very interesting uh, thing over here. So what are we saying? Is his name Rabmi Isha? Is his name Rabnaray? Is his name Rameir? Uh, or is his name Elarabnachemishma? Or is his name Rabnachemya? So if you actually go into the Gemara, there's actually a very interesting, there's different Gersois, different uh, editions, like the 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 Gemaras went through a lot of editions because they were always censors and there was always and and everything was handwritten. So there was never a final, um, never real. There was different prints or different copies, so we don't know exactly. So it's actually very interesting that I was listening that Ein Yaakov 
when they were burning the Gemaras and everything back in the 13th, 14th century, when France, when they burned the Gemara in Paris, they burned the Gemara, they burned, they burned the Gemaras a lot, um, the Enyakivs weren't burnt. So even though the Enyakivs technically was compiled in the, in the 14th, in the, 14, in the 15th century, beginning of the 16th century, so I guess post those burnings, anything pre, I guess, is the same because that's when the Anyaka was actually compiled. Uh, so, so if you look in the Gemara itself, the Gemara is, differs. I'll read the Gemara inside. Um, so over here in the Gemara it says, It doesn't say anything about Meisha there. Right, okay. And the Gemara itself doesn't say Meisha, but in the Enyakib it does say Meisha. So therefore, the, 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 the Enyakib that we have now brings down, just something interesting, brings down both, uh, both Gersais, both uh, editions. So, um, just something interesting. So, so Meisha Shemai, so at the end of the day, um, well, why was he called Reb Nerdoi? Why, why is it, is it, if Reb Nerdoi wasn't his name? So it's another word for light. Shemineher, Meir, these are different, uh, um, what's it called again, w- words for light. Amar, um, now, well, now we continue, so now, now we're going to continue going into the greatness of, the greatness of Rameir. Amar Rebbe, hai the reason why I'm sharper than my friends is because I saw Rameir from behind. Now he says, If I would have seen him from his front, if I would have seen him from his front, I would have been even sharper. And for your eyes, I have seen your teacher. So now the question is, what does it mean that he saw his, his behind, his, the back of him and not his front of him? Does it literally mean that like Rameir was, that nobody saw Rameir, he always, everybody only walked behind him? Does it mean that what, what, what exactly does it mean? And therefore he was sharp, but if he would have seen his front, he, he, he would be even sharper. Uh, so one explanation given means that, it obviously means that, he was, that, that when, you're able, when you see somebody's back, you don't see their facial expressions. Right. So therefore you're not able to really fully, fully understand what they're, what they're trying to express. You're missing all that, that nuance. I guess the difference between a podcast and a YouTube video, right? You get to see the, you know, you see the person's, uh, the nuance and it's, and, and there's a lot, there's a lot, to, a lot expressing. Like it says by Moshe, that his face lit, was lit up, right? Like people translate as, you know, expression green horns come from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the carne doesn't mean horns. It means uh, that, that, is, that it, when Moshe came down from, from, from Harsinai, from Mount Sinai, his, his fight, what? His face was lit. His, his face was lit from learning Torah with God. His face was lit, and it's interesting that the Torah that God, that Moses learned with God, was also it says, that God, Moses wanted to understand God. Moses wanted to get to the. Uh, we know that there are fifty levels of understanding. Chamishim Shari Bina, right? There's fifty gates of understanding, and Moses, Moshe, only was able to get up to the forty-ninth gate. He wasn't able to get to the fiftieth gate because the forty-nine gates is what we, what us humans, so to speak, could understand. And the fiftieth gate is something which is which is which is greater, which is God God's knowledge Himself. Actually, those that do chitas, this yesterday, this I think Sunday's chitas, it talks about how God's knowledge, so to speak, the concept of knowledge by God is so great that it's God within itself. It's not something that we could even grasp. Which that's technically like the the highest level, the the fiftieth level of uh, of of understanding. 
So if Moses or anyone, Moses, could have been face to face with God. He was not face to face. Right, I know. But if he could, based on this, maybe he could have gotten to the 50th. Because this says, um, Rebbe says, if I had been face to face with Reb Mayer, I would, I would have, have gotten... known more. So if, any, you know, and you can't, no one can be face to face with God. And that's so the only person that got 49. So that's what we're saying that it, so so the other you're you're alluding to very good things. Another explanation given is that like like we said that in, that we weren't able to get to save Daite. It means that even if you were able to speak face to face to to Remeyer, right. you would never be able to get to the end to the since he was so smart. So Rebbe is saying that yes, I saw him face to face, but Remeyer was such a great person. If I were, if I had the ability, which I don't, right. then I would have been even smarter because I would have understand what Remeyer is saying, and then maybe we would say that the halacha is like Remeyer because we had Rebbe who actually wrote the wrote wrote the, wrote the Mishnah would have been able to say the halacha because he was able to get to save Daite to the end of his. Uh, to the end of his meaning. Right. But because Remeyer was such a great person that he wasn't able to get, it doesn't mean like literally he wasn't able to get, but he couldn't get to that level. And therefore, what's it called again? This idea of, uh, of, of this is what, we're, what Reb, Reb, Rebbe is trying to say is more of like an expression. Like, you know, I couldn't reach him. Like it says that by, by Moses that if, if he would have seen God, he would have died because you basically become sure. one with God. And therefore your, your existence gets nullified, right? Um, but he saw his back, meaning he was in the room with him. Correct, so to speak. So I mean, we said in this week, uh, last week's parsha, it says pel pedibur. He spoke mouth to mouth. So obvious. So what does mouth to mouth mean if he didn't see him? Right. So it obviously mouth to mouth is speaking, hearing. So it's really it's not talking about the actual seeing. Um, that's the idea of uh, uh, of 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 mouth to mouth. So. Um, you know, and also another thing he mentions here that when you see somebody, you, you, when you see, when you're able to look somebody in the eye, you could create a, a better connection. Like they say, like, like if you want to connect with somebody, look at them in the eye. And if you want to, like, you know, come close to somebody, if you look at, because, you know, I guess the eye is the, 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 the portals of the soul. So, so he didn't have, I guess, that ability to actually connect with Remeir because he was such a great Torah scholar at that, at that level. Um, fine. Does that make sense? Sure, and the fact that he was learning, he was like seeing his back instead of his front. Um, Ninety-three percent of communication is nonverbal. So even more so. Right, yeah. Even more so. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're you don't you do that kind of stuff for a living? So yeah. So that even yeah. So anyways, Amar Rabbah Rabbi Yechonah, Tamid Echad Hoyler Now we're now we're now we just described the greatness of our mayor. We're going to describe the greatness of his students. Uh, Rabbi Yechonan had a student and his name was Sumchus and what was this great greatness of Sumchus and everything he was able to say there are 48 reasons that something is Tahir and there's 48 reasons why the same thing could be Tami so now it's very interesting we mentioned that Moses got up to the 49th level Sumchus was only able to get up to the 48th level. That means that's obviously a very, very high level. We're talking about from the 50th level, nobody could reach the 50th level. Moses was able to breach the 49th level, and he was able to breach the 48th level. Now, question is asked, what's this great thing <clears throat> about 
being able to uh, interpret things one way or another. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to know the halacha. Like, it's like kind of a, a, a skill, and, and and a frivolous skill, so to speak. I mean, yeah, you're a great scholar. You could, you could take everything and turn it upside down. But at the end of the day, like, what's the purpose of it? Why, why do we need a... Like, why are we, like, celebrating it? At the end of the day, you want to get to the point of the halacha. Yes, it's important to know the reasons, but 48 reasons this way, 48 reasons that way. What, what's, what's, the, what's the point of this? So explanation is given. It's so brought down in, uh, in, uh, in Tractate and Sanhedrin that if all the Sanhedrin are, let's say, the entire Sanhedrin, 71 uh, sages, 70 sages, are, are in a, in a uh, courtyard, right? And they see a man murder another man. Or before, they mur before he gets murdered, they tell, that, they tell him, um, if you murder him, you're going to get killed. They all, they all warn him together. So now he's warned. And he, and he commits the murder in front of them. So they all see this murder, right? So they obviously now the police arrest this person. Now they, take, they put him in jail. And now he has a court case in front of the Sanhedrin. So now this person comes in front of the Sanhedrin, right? And he, now the entire, the entire Sanhedrin is going to deem him guilty. What is the, what, if the entire Sanhedrin deems something guilty, what is the verdict? Is the verdict guilty or not guilty? If it's unanimous, it's guilty. It's not guilty. It's not guilty? It's not guilty. Right, because it cannot be, you cannot have a unanimous case because that means that the other people are pressured by one person and there's not complete truth. How do you know there's complete truth when every... Well, that's, that's true. But in, in that case, they would have to obviously maybe find somebody else to replace one of the rabbis. But the idea is that if you have it, or, or somebody could find a reason why the, why the warning wasn't a good warning, one of the rabbis have to find, because when you have a, when you have a, a Bezdin that everybody says unanimously, we're under the assumption that, that there is some internal pressure there Therefore, not everybody is saying he's, he's innocent from their own because they came to that own decision on their, on their own. Therefore, if we have a rabbi that's able to interpret every case 48 ways this way, 48 that way, in such a Sanhedrin, there will be a rabbi that, it, and, and we actually learn from here that, a Sanhed, that in order to be a Sanhedrin, you have to be a rabbi in the Sanhedrin, you have to have this ability of to be able to interpret things one way or the other. So that way, when it comes to such a case, or if everybody is unanimous in a case, there should be a rabbi that should be able to say, hey, no, look at it from this perspective. Maybe it's not like that. So that way we know that each rabbi is making their own independent decision and they're not coerced by the other ones. Like we see in the Supreme Court today, that it's like one, like, if you're liberal, you vote liberal. You're conservative, you, 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 you vote conservative. There's no real, we, you don't know that this justice is, is act, that all the justices are acting independently and, and when they, when they come down with their verdict, they're probably pressured by the other, by the other, by the other justices. So therefore, there, therefore we, from here we learn that justices, and that's, and that's the purpose of it, because to really get to the truth of the matter, you have to be able to see, see it from both perspectives. And we're actually gonna, we're gonna touch upon it later if we get up to there, about, about how we actually, why, why certain things are one way or another. Um, anyways, let's continue. Any questions? Hmm. What? Anyways, Tana, Tame Vasek Hayabiyabdin, there was a very smart uh, student in Yabna Shayimetar, Sashar's Bemeva Hamishim Tamim. He was able to, uh, uh, what's it called again, find a reason why a Sheretz, a, uh, an insect, uh, basically there, um, there are eight kinds of insects that are Metame, that if you touch them, you become, uh, you become Tame. Um, only these eight kinds. So he was able to find 150 reasons why a certain insect or insects would be tahir, why you wouldn't come to him. 
Amr Rava, any other matter? No, he's like, well, what's this big, uh, what's this big uh, genius that he, Talmud Vasek, this great student that was able to do that? I could do it myself. What, what's his uh, proof? Just like a, a snake that when it bites somebody, it kills it. And a, and a nachash is a kind of insect as well. It's considered a sheretz because it, it crawls on the ground. But it's not, a, it's not, it's not one of the eight shrutzim. But it actually kills. And when a dead body creates tumah, if, if you're in a room with a dead body, you become, you become impure. So if, if, if just like the, the, the snake that could kill somebody and then make that person tame, so too, so too, what's it called again? So, and yet, yet, it, yet it, it itself is not tame. So too, I should say a sheret, the one of those eight insects also, which doesn't kill anybody and doesn't make it tame, so too it shouldn't be tame. Does that make sense? Right. So the Gemara, the Gemara says... Um, so then if that's the case, a, a sword, a, a thorn, anything that kills, you're, 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 it's like kind of like, I guess, a straw man argument. Like, that's, the reason why an insect is tummy is not because it can make something tummy or could kill something and make something tummy. God decided that, 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 that this kind of insect is a, is a impure insect. And if you touch it, you become impure. Just like if somebody falls on a thorn or on like something that sticks out, it doesn't make that the thorn is now tummy because somebody died on the thorn, right? The thorn itself stays, it's just a thorn, you know, or, or a sword, it's just a sword. It's just the fact that it actually killed something, that's, that's the death that creates the impurity. It's not the, it's not, or it's the insect that is impure, that, 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 so it's not a good argument. So therefore we have to stick and say that, um, that it's a, that what's it called again? So Amr Abamar Shmuel. Okay, now we're gonna go on to another thing. Amr Abba, very, very interesting thing. Amr Abamar Shmuel. Shalish Shanim Nechlaku Beishamay Beisilal. They were for 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 three years. They argued Beishamay Beisilal. Imer Halacha Kmeisenu v'Halalu Imer Halacha Kmeisenu. They each one was saying that the halacha is the halacha is like them. Yotza Baskel v'Amr Lahem Elu v'Elu Divrei Likim Chayin Chayim Hain v'Halacha Kedivrei Beisilal. So a baskel came out and says both of them are true, but yet the halacha is like basilo. So now number one is what does it mean? Elu elu They're both the word of God, but yet the halacha is like basilo. So what's going on over here? Is it is it the word of the living God? Let's say of God. So then why you know why is halacha like basilo? Or if what's it called again? Why do we have machlokas? And if everything is the word of God, why couldn't just God make? Make it one way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so reasons given that uh, one one reason I saw interesting is that that when when there are two people arguing, when there are two people argue, when there's two people, when there's two rabbis arguing, there's also the angels arguing in heaven as well. So when we say it's referring to just like you're arguing down here. So too are the angels arguing, and then when you come to the actual. When you come to the actual verdict, that's the that's that's the actual halacha. But that's what it's referring to. It's referring to the angels. Um, another explanation that's given. Um, um, so uh, the, uh, another another question, another answer is given that usually that what it means elu elu kim chayim is that. Um, that you have, for instance, at the end of the day, they're arguing about 
whether the situation right now deems this thing Tame or Tahar. So is there precedent for, for saying this? They know obviously that these Torah tells us pork is, is forbidden, right? Mm-hmm. Now the question is, if a pork, if pork, let's say, falls into a pot, how much fell into the pot? Does the pork give taste to the pot? Or things like that. So that's, so they're arguing what, what, whether there's a precedent or not. So that they're going back and forth. It's actually interesting, it mentions that when Moses went up to heaven, God showed him on every single item 49 ways whether, it's, whether it should be permissible, whether it should not be permissible. And, and, and at the end of the day, he wanted that the, what's it called again, that the, that the sages should learn it, and, they should, and, and when a sage learns it and, and, and is thinking back and forth, should all, the sage should know that it's all coming from God, that it's not his own knowledge. It's really God's knowledge. Was everything was given already from God, already given by God at Mount Sinai. Even the arguments back and forth. So that's what it means. Elu elu diver kim chayim. So now v'aloch gedivir beisilol v'chimi acher the elu elu diver kim chayim ne'mazochu beisilol. So like we just asked, if if it's if they're both the living word of God, then why was beisilol what's it called again honored to have the halacha like him? So the answer b'neishon neichin v'aluvenheim v'shenin divreihem v'divrei beishamai. Uh, because they're, they were patient and calm. They were uh, receptive and patient. Because Beis Hillel was receptive and patient, like we know the famous story with, uh, with, the, with the Ger, the, the convert, right? Famous convert, he went to Beis Shammai, tells Beis Shammai, teach me the Torah, Torah on one foot. Shammai takes out a stick and hits him over the head, go away, what are you bothering me for? Beis Hillel comes over to Beis Hillel, Beis Hillel tells him, because, um, and what's it called again, the, uh, and I love your fellow Jew. No, don't do unto others what you don't want undone unto you. And the rest is is an explanation. Um, so we see that Hillel was you know was patient and, and what's it called again? Also you know um, we know that Hillel. Another thing about this about why are we saying that Allah is like Beis and Beis One might ask um, the houses of Beis and Beis Shammai. didn't wasn't very numerous in numbers. Beis, because they were very strict, right? Basilo, they were the sharp ones, they were the, the strict ones, so they obviously did not have a lot of students. Basilo, on the other hand, they had a lot of students. Um, um, so, But wasn't it also, and I think it gets to it here, that, that Basilo took everybody's opinion into so, account. Like they looked at it from both ways, where Beishamai just said, this is how it so is. That's, so that's exactly what it means. To, you, you got it. So that's exactly what we're saying. That, that's, what, that's why Beis, the halacha is like Beisilo. Because somebody who is able to, like we said earlier, is able to be patient and is able to uh, interpret and, and take the other person's idea into consideration. Like we mentioned earlier about the Sanhedrin. You need somebody that, that's going the other way. That they're not, you know, like they're not stuck in their way. Somebody who is humble. Only then could you actually come. You're not, you don't have a biased opinion. Otherwise, if you came to a certain conclusion and you think you're the smartest person, you're never going to change, even if I show you proofs from today to tomorrow, because you, you decided. So, however, Basilo, since they were patient and they were, and they were forthcoming, they were able to, um, we were, were able to say that uh, confidently that the halacha is like them because they took every aspect and, and, and made sure that the halacha, the halacha was like, uh, that the halacha is correct, like you just, uh, like right. you just mentioned. Okay. Okay. All right, see you, Richard. See you. See you. Why, what time is it? What time is my... 8.35. Um, fine, so let's continue. And now we're going to give some examples of how we know that they were, um, they were patient and, and, and receptive. The late eight. 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 The late eight.
that they gave forth the words of Beishamai to their words, like you just mentioned, that they, that they let the person uh, speak first. Like we said, that whoever, basically in, in, on Sukkot, if you have your head and the most of your body in the Sukkah, but your, ha- your, your table is inside the house, let's say it's raining outside, even though technically, if you're a Chabadnik, and it's raining outside, so you put your table inside, inside, the, inside the house, so that way your food doesn't get wet, right. but most of your body is outside, is outside the... So you're eating like this, but the rest of your body is in, in, in the sukkah. So are you, uh, are you, are, is it permissible? Are you allowed to, um, are you allowed to, uh, is, is, is that Super considered, is, is, does your entire body and your entire meal need to be in the sukkah? Or is it just your body? Or is it just your body? But even here, it says, so your head and most of, let's say your legs, I guess, are under the table or something. Um... So Beishamai says that it's that that it's that it's possible. Basil says that it's that it's that it, that it's kosher. That you're sitting in a kosher sukkah and you're you're, you're fulfilling the mitzvah of sukkahs. Amru Basil Beishamai, loikach loikach zikne Beishamai zikne Basil levakas And there's a story that they went. The, the elders of Beishamai, the elders of Basil, went to visit Rabbi Yechonon ben Hacharonis on sukkahs. I guess umatzu yeshev reishev beruve basukah. And they found him that his. Uh, he, he was he he was sitting his head and most of his body was in the sukkah and his table was inside the house. Mm-hmm. They didn't say um, they didn't say anything. What's it called again? So from here, so since Beishamai didn't, so Beishamai tells Beishel, you see, your elder didn't say anything, so that means it's kosher. Why are you saying it's possible? So. Amrulai Beishamai said back to Basil, If that was the case, then you would have never been Mikhaim, you would never fulfill the mitzvah sukkah in your life. So, so we see here that we're talking about a story that Basil is bringing, and they're mentioning Beishamai before Basil. He says, right. That first came Beishamai, and then came Zikne Basil. So we see that Basil gave, gave uh, covet, gave honor sure. to Beishamai. And before them, so they were more, they were more uh, receptive, more, uh, and therefore, and therefore, we say that the halacha follows um, like be, like Beis Hillel. Um, right, and and basically baked back back to back to what what we were saying. He mentions over here that. That when it comes to a ruling, like we said, that if the entire Sanhedrin rules that the entire Sanhedrin rules that something is uh, is is, right. is one way or another, we don't we say that it that that it that it's nullified. So the reason given, obviously, like we explained, um, okay, all right. Um, all judges are initially that the person's line was likely that they arrived at the ruling without any debate, right? <clears throat> so at the end of the day, you need to have uh, you need to be able to see opposing oppo- opposing views because it means that there's nobody opposed it because, like we said, they're they're all they're all biased to it. So if you have somebody that's able to see the other side, he's able to come to a better a better opinion, and therefore, and that's what the idea of Basilo, because he was able to see the other side, he was able to get to another, a better opinion. Um, so from here we learn Whoever makes himself, uh, whoever make, whoever lowers himself, God will raise him. Whoever raises himself, whoever makes himself haughty, 
Hakadosh Baruch Hu Mashpila. God uh, puts him down. Whoever goes after greatness, greatness runs away from him. If anybody's looking for positions of power, power runs away from them. Whoever um, runs away from greatness, greatness follows him. Whoever tries to push away the hour, the hour gets pushed. We'll explain what that means. Whoever uh, <clears throat> whoever yields to the hour, whoever give, gives forth to the hour, they don't push the hour, they, they, let, they let it be, the hour stands by him. So we know what it means, that what's it called again, whoever, um, whoever lowers himself down, God, God, will, God will raise him. Whoever, what's it called again, whoever um, goes after greatness, greatness runs away from him. Now, means that whoever runs after the hour, let's say somebody who... Um, who wants to become looking for rich, quick, quick, rich schemes, right? Somebody wants to become rich quickly, so they'll they'll invest in, let's say, in an investment that makes no sense because they want to become rich fast, but it's not their time. They're obviously going to lose that investment. You have to, you know, you, you people that rush into things. Basically, it means somebody who rushes into something and doesn't do it patiently, it will eventually come back to bite them. You have to you have to be patient with with your time in doing things and making sure that you do them correctly. Okay, so it's kind of like um, in sports, it's called um, letting the game come to you. So you're you're not forcing the issue. You're within yourself doing the best that you can, and things will happen because because they will happen as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be correct doing like, right like what's it called again like jackie mason says i love repeating this word this this vart of his took me 49 years to become an overnight success yeah you know what i'm saying and somebody when you work on something eventually you'll get that lucky right. break but it's obviously you need to be working on it for 49 years mm -hmm. to get you can't just expect to get that lucky break overnight you know what i'm saying we always think that you know people became it came overnight and the people that rush into it usually easy come easy go right and a lot of you just unless you look you don't see the hard work that everybody has done to get to where to get to where they are you just you think they, they make it look easy because right. they put in all that hard work that's why it looks easy yeah you know Stephen Curry is not shooting every three-pointer because he woke up one morning right. and started shooting and he got an every three-pointer right. um, not that, not that if we did the same work, we would well, be at sure, the same right. level, but obviously it's something that he, that, 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 that he worked on. Um, something interesting. Um, um, the morale explains that, one second, where was it that I was seeing? Um, yeah, so that's, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want to um, put, push the time. Um, some, uh, oh. It could be said, though, that... So it's actually interesting. It mentions over here that Masha explains how the three similar sounding statements of the Gemara actually reflects man's endeavors on three levels. His relationship with God his relationship with others, and his relationship with himself. So whoever thinks he's greater than God, that's Hamashpilas Atzmai, then God will make him great. 
Uh, someone who runs after greatness, he basically needs other people to validate himself, right. validate him. And then the Yichikasar is referring to himself. He's rushing to do things. So another, another explanation that, that first a person wants... Um, where was it? First a person wants... I forgot what the first thing is. The second one is that he, if he can't get the first thing, then he wants, he wants greatness. If he can't get greatness, he'll want riches. Um, right, yeah. Well, he'll try. He, he, if some, if, if somebody he figures if he'll become a wealthy person, then people will respect him. Oh, first somebody wants wants somebody to, people to respect him. Then if he realizes, so he thinks he'll make himself powerful, then people will respect him. Then he realizes that doesn't work. He'll figures he'll make himself wealthy. Then people will respect him. By the end of the day, people are just looking for respect. Um, Back to what Hillel says, he respected the other right, person, sure, right. and therefore, because he respected, uh, he respect, he, he he was willing to, which means which which comes from humility by respecting other people. It means you're humble yourself. Therefore, the halacha went by like him, and therefore he was be able to come great. And therefore, we all talk about Hillel, the great virtues of of Hillel, and Hillel got all these things himself. So at the end of the day, people all, are looking for respect, and if you give them that respect. You'll get it back in tenfold. Right. Correct. Um, fine. Now we're talking about another. Uh, so we just spoke about. Um, how long was it? Three and a half. Shelly shot for three years. Now right. we're going to talk about another machlek as a beisham that took two and a half years. Turn up on a station in Mechz and Nechlug beisham beisilo. Halalu emim neichle ladam shaloy nivra yisim shenivra valalu emim neichle ladam shenivra yisim shaloy nivra. For two and a half years, Beisham and Beisil were arguing, what's better? was it better for man not to be created or to, or to be created? They came to a conclusion, it would have been better to, for a person not to have been created. Now, it doesn't say who the machlikas is, who, who said what and what we came to conclusion. Either they, they came both to the conclusion or... Which is interesting because I would think Basil will be say that right? That it's better for a person sure, to have been created be because it's all about humanity, it's all about the other person that and Beishama, it's all like strict and everything. You would think like better person should have not been created. And actually one of the reasons given what does it mean greater why yes, why not? At the end of the day everything God does is for the good. So what does it mean better than Yeah, if man was created it was for the It was obviously for good, and obviously God actually created man, right? Um so, I, so one of the explanations given is that um, there's, there's 365 losases and 248 uh, positive. There's, there's 365 negative commandments and, two, and 248 positive commandments. So if a person is created as, from a risk perspective, right, the chances of him doing, he has more chance of doing, of transgressing than doing positive mitzvot. So since from a if you were if you were if you were a betting man you would not bet on humans if you know you, your odds are three hundred sixty five to two hundred forty eight right so it's better that a person should not be created so that's one explanation given so like you know because if he would have not been created then those those three hundred sixty five uh, commandments would have been uh, would have been what's it called again would have been uh, com- sure. would have been completed would have been fulfilled um, that that's one that's one reason given. Um, so then another, another actually... So wait a minute, wait a minute. No, there wouldn't have been. 
If man hadn't been created, so then nothing would have been nothing, nothing would have been uh, nothing would have been. Uh, so, but we're talking but about once that. He's created. God created a world for, to be a dwelling place for Himself, right? right. No, that God created created a world for it to be a dwelling place for Him. So the fact that God created the world and be a dwelling place, one of the ways to make a dwelling place is by not doing the three hundred and sixty-five and by doing the two hundred and forty-eight. Right. So, uh, so who somebody has to do one or the other to create that dwelling place, right? Somebody got meaning you could have a piece of land, right? So now you could have the piece of land that just and let it be, and and you'll have the the, the flora and the fauna, whatever, will grow and make it. Or you could have somebody go there and actually build a beautiful house, etc. But the land itself will continue to exist, right? Okay. So God would be able to dwell in that on that land, regardless of us humans, because there'll be still be the, the they'll still it'll, it won't be a beautiful place because it won't be a house on there. But God will be able to so to speak camp on there. It won't be deteriorated. When we're created, now we could take that piece of land, we could either build a beautiful house, or we could destroy that land and start just pulling out all the grass, pulling out all the flowers. Right, so what does that have to do with whether it's better to be created or not? So now, so now, if we weren't created, God could dwell on that piece of land, and it won't be destroyed. It won't, there won't be a beautiful house, but that land won't be I destroyed. It's, so it's better for God not to have created us so that he could exist. He could dwell on that piece of land. Now that we are created, we are supposed to build a beautiful house on that land, or so make that, that can, can dwell can dwell in in, in a be, in in a better in a better place, so to speak. Right. So that might be an interpretation of you know at the end of the day, if we if we would have if we wouldn't have been created, like again, then what? But again, we're just part another. We're just another dot in his creation, yes. um, so to speak. Even though God, you know, God created the Torahs for us. So again, with the. We need to probably learn a little bit more chassidus to really fully understand what this means. Um, so yeah, so um, actually another, what's it called, Mary Parmishlan says, uh, interesting, you, uh, as, as, as Lubavitch, as Chabadniks, we don't understand this. So, so yeah, think about it like a businessman, right? So you have a, you have, you have a storekeeper and you have a, 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 a businessman, right? A storekeeper opens up a store, he has his customers, he has his inventory. It's very consistent. Is he going to become rich? No, but it's a very consistent shop. He makes his living. He goes home. He hopefully pays his bills. Hopefully pays his school tuition uh, for his kids. Um, but he's not. He's not going to make it big. But but it's very consistent. It's very what's it called? It's a living. It's a living. Then you have the businessman who goes. He borrows money. He buys a lot of inventory. He goes and he sells it. Sometimes he could buy a lot of inventory. And nobody wants to buy it, and he's out. Sometimes he buys inventory and people want to buy it and, you know, or an investor, right? He invests in big startups and some startups take off and he makes it big. Some startups crash, crash and burn. So that's what we're saying. Like, when you go into this world, it's a, it's a, it's a scary world. Do we, want to, do we want to go into this world where the chances of making it are very low? Not everybody becomes a millionaire, right? Not everybody is successful. So do we want to put a person in that situation? Um, you know, like when, when, when the Rebbe came out with Mifzayim about, about going on shlichus and going, putting on film with people. So they went over to, I believe, don't quote me, recorder, uh, the Gera Rebbe, and they asked him, how come you don't send your chassidim out to do Mifzayim and like this? So he, so he says that the, the Lubavitch Rebbe had breite plates. The Lubavitch Rebbe has wide shoulders, that he's willing to take that risk. 
to send us to send us chassidim out that they won't get contaminated and they won't get uh, affected by, by 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 the world around us. Which which again that that pertains you know to this idea of like because at the end of the day we are created we're put in, and and God still ex, uh, expects from us to uh, to fulfill the three hundred and sixty five. Um, you know, and he makes it even harder. He gives us more, you know, transgressions than than, than positive than positive. You know, uh, you, could, you could really make an argument to like why Chabad has been successful out into the world when most the other Hasidic sects are insular and stay like that. When you would think that if they were to go out into the world, they would completely go away. And we don't know for sure. Right, uh, no, no. But I think it's because of Tanya. That's I think that Tanya has grounded the, the Lubavitch world in a way that you understand human nature. And therefore you're able to, to right, fight against it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so now that we were created, and now that we're in this big, big bad world, what are we supposed to do? Now that you are created, you should uh, search your, your deeds, meaning you do tshuva. God also created uh, tshuva. It's uh, one of the things that God created before the world was created. He created tshuva. It creates the, uh, the answer before the problem. Yeah, and I always ask... Why create a problem? Why, why create an a- why create a problem to have an answer? Just don't create the problem. Um, because you know that was his his will. Um, there are those that say, um, let him evaluate his future deeds. So there's the so there's a famous thing um, in the Rambam that there's the concept of tshuva is what what is it, what's real tshuva? Charata la'avar v'kabola la'asid. It's not just good enough to, to confess your sins, to go to the to go to the confession box, tell the tell the priest your sins, and then you go out the next day and you do you do whatever you want. You actually have to also accept on the future to do your future deeds to make sure that your future will also be good. So basically, at the end of the day, you got to work on yourself. Right. That's 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 what the Gemara is telling us. You got to right. we got to you got to work on yourself. Regretting what you did, but also. Promising not to do it again. Not to, yeah, not not to do and it. Then, and that's the the when people know that they've done teshuva when they're presented with the same problem again, and they choose to do the right thing instead of what yeah. they've done. Yeah, you case. should you should do the right exactly. All right. Tani da tani da Now this is gets gonna get a little uh, mathematical over here. Um, I'm gonna learn a little geometry. Um, time is it? 53. We can finish this. What? I mean, I've got. I mean, this looks like a small. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll just do this part and then we'll stop. Okay. Um, the, the sea that Shlomo made. Had in it carried in it 150 mikveh tars. So when Shlomo, when Solomon built the temple, he built, a, he created a mikveh by the temple outside. Right, I'm not exactly sure outside the temple, but by the temple, and that was the size of 150 purified mikvehs. Now we're going to try to understand how much is that, but it was a very, very large mikveh. 
Uh, now let's figure out what that size was. So a mikvah, in order for the, we're gonna, what, in order for a mikvah to be kosher, a kosher mikvah, it has to be our bayim sa. It has to hold forty sa. So now, what is forty kidetanya? So why forty sa? Kidetanya berachatz b'mayim b'mei mikvah kol basari. It says that somebody has to wash their body, wash their body in water in the waters of a mikvah, their entire flesh. That means their entire body has to be able to fit into the mikvah. So what's the minimum size that an entire body could fit into is It's one amma by one amma and the height of three of three of three ammas. So one by one times times three, that's the size of uh, that's the the volume of a mikvah. So now we're talking about 150 of these, uh, of these. The, the, the size of that was, uh, was basically, uh, was, was 100 and, so take, uh, take one by one times three times 150. That's how big the, the mikvah was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and, is, and and the one by one by three is our boyim so if you, the volume of one amma by one amma by what's it called again by 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 three ammas is the volume of forty sa. Tani rami bar Now it says now yamsha that we now in the in the in the in the in the Tanakh it describes this this uh, this this. Uh, oh, it finishes. Oh, oh my gosh. They didn't print out the proper cut. I can listen to. That's interesting. Oh, it probably is using a different gear saw. That is so interesting. It skips. Yeah, it did. Like at the end of page two. You went on about a couple of things that was not that were not here. Oh, uh, I, so I, 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 mean, I was using, I was using what's it called again? Maybe we'll just stop here. I'll get the right print out because it's gonna get a little complicated. Well, but basically, it goes. We'll just finish. Here, let's just finish. So now we go. So now this, uh, this, uh, this, this sea, uh, so to speak, this pool. That, um, that that Solomon made was three um, the bottom it was the, it was a total height of five amas. Now the bottom three amas were square, and the top two amas were round. So how do we get to one hundred and fifty? So how do we get to one hundred and fifty in that in that uh, in, in that measurement? So. So it says in the what's it called again? So it says, <clears throat> um, his architect must have been really good. So if so, that means we so okay. So we said that it's one hundred and fifty McFly. So right. So so that means so that means it has to be ten by ten times three. That would be the bottom, right? Because ama al ama, and this is one hundred and fifty. So the total is 15 ames. It's total, the total height is five tfachim, but the bottom three is square, the top is the top two are round, okay. right? So if we take the bottom, if we take the bottom, which is a square, and it's three ames, so we have 10 by 10 times three, so that gives us, that gives us 300 cubic ames, right? Mm-hmm. 
and now the top part is is round, right? So to figure out, um, how is the top part round? The top two amis are round. The way they built it, they built a, a, the the top three is like a square, and then the bottom, the top is a, is a circle on top of the square. Oh, okay. So top, a circle on top of the square. So I figured this out last week. Um, here, let's read it inside so it'll probably be easier. The volume of a cube is equal to its length times its width times its height. Since the C was 10 amis long and 10 amis wide and the bottom three amis were square, the volume of the lower part is 10 times 3, 300 cubic. Since a mikvah is 3 cubic amis, 300 cubic amis contain the volume of 100 mikvahs, right? Because uh, right, so if you divide, if you divide 300 by 3, right, you so get 100. Now we have to get to the 50, right? So we got 100, now we got to the 50. The volume of a circle is equal to three times the square of its radius times its height, right? That's pi. Right, okay. And, and uh, what's it called again? The number, number pi is, okay, so really pi is 3.14, but we're obviously going to round, so we're rounding down to three. Um, but say, okay, so a radius is half of the width of a circle. Now, the radius of a circle, 10 amis wide, so now we know it's 10 by 10, right? right so so the, the radius is five. is five. Now, we take five. And the uh, radius is half of width of a circle. Now the radius of a circle is 10 amis wide, so it's 5 amis. Thus the top two amis of the C has a volume of 3, which is pi, times, times, uh, times 25 equals 150 cubic amis. So we get to 100, so basically if you take 2 um, if you take the, the if we take 5, which is our, our radius, times, um, times, times 3, times pi, times pi, right? So 5... 150. Times, and then times 2, because we have 2 amis thickness, that, and that's, then divide that by 3, that's 150. So divide that by 3 gives us 50, right? Okay. So therefore you have 150. The bottom is, the bottom is 100, because we got 10 times, 10 times 3 divided by 3. Mm -hmm. Gives me 100. Now we have, and here we have, we have 3 times 25 times 2, which gives me 150. So they're, that, they're, that, that's how you get to 150 mikvahs. So that's why in order for it to be five, five amis high, it had, to be, it had to be the bottom three had to be square, and the top two had to be round. And it's actually probably prettier because the, you have the, probably the square is in the ground, sure. and then the roundness is outside, so it, 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 looks, it looks nice. And five amis is, what is that, five, is, five amis is uh, amis 18 feet. inches. Oh, it's, yeah. So it's like six feet. Now, you can't dive in it, but it's it's yeah. big enough to uh, to swim in it. Anyways, um, what is the what was the point of bringing all this though? Yeah. Um, or is there no? There's point? no. So it's it's just, just there's no. It, there's no real. It's just to, you know just something interesting. So, like, but I always thought that the Yaakov was more like um, midrash. This would this little piece here doesn't seem like it's more again again so it's uh, my first share I, I gave i gave a little introduction so the anyakiv writes that 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 i don't know if you could find the connection between he says that there's 12 that the way he compiled anyakiv he found connections between these 12 things the seven things that were created before here i wrote it down give me one second the seven things that were created before uh, now it's 901 going into overtime Seven things that were created before. Um, oh, where is it? Oh, no. One second. Seven things that were created before, before, before the world was created. And mm -hmm. um, the three things that the world stands on, and the three things that, that the world exists on. So the three things that the world exists on is, is peace, judgment, and truth. The three things that the world stands on is Teira, Avoda, and Gemilas Chasadim. 
And then the second seven things are um, seven things are Torah, um, Kisei Hakava, Divine Throne of God, Gan Eden, Gehenim, the base of Mikdash, Tshuva, and the name of and the name of Mashiach. So those are oh, so seven plus three plus three is is thirteen. So Torah overlaps. So it's twelve things. So I don't know. Maybe you could find the connection between those twelve things and what we just learned. But yeah, but that's okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 